Monday, April 11th is a day to enjoy yourself out on the greens at the Sunnyside Country Club for the 27th Annual Sunbird Golf Classic. So get your swing ready, polish those golf clubs, and bring your A-game. This tournament will benefit your Fresno Pacific Sunbirds. Sponsorship opportunities are still available. For registration and sponsorship information, please visit fpuathletics.com and look in the Donate tab. Register today and come out Monday, April 11th to Sunnyside Country Club for the 27th Annual Sunbird Golf Classic. Sunbird Sound Off live on 790 ESPN with Eric Bentley begins now. Good afternoon. Welcome everybody here to the Sunbird Sound Off live. We had to take a break last week because that was the first day of the Pac West Conference Tournament, which obviously the Sunbirds were competing in. But we're back here as always and we've got a basketball recap episode for you. We're going to talk hoops the entire hour. We've got, obviously, to start things off, uh, we're going to start with the women's basketball team. We've got Coach Beauregard. We've got Bree Hurt. We've got Mason Ricks sitting here staring at me in studio uh, as I do this intro, so I've got to make sure that I don't mess things up or they're going to start laughing and then, you know, things get haywire. <laughs> Second half hour, we're going to have Coach C.J. Haydock, obviously, of men's basketball. We're going to have A.J. Kirby on the show as well. A.J. hasn't been on the show. We've seen both of you, both Bree and Mason, we've seen you both on the show as well as Coach Beauregard, but we're going to have A.J. Kirby on the show, and he, boy, what a player he is for Fresno Pacific men's basketball. Coach Haydock's never coached a season that A.J. Kirby hasn't been out there on the floor six years. So really interesting dynamic to that relationship. We're going to dive more into that in the second half hour. But again, obviously, we've got Coach Beauregard. We've got Bree Hurt. We've got Mason Ricks here in studio. Guys, great to have you back again. Uh, glad to have you guys in studio. Um, obviously, coming off of, of, a, of a loss to Azusa Pacific in the first round, um, of the Pac West Conference tournament, but uh, you know that that's an Azusa Pacific team that you know they're really a juggernaut, and they kind of showed it th- you know throughout the course of the tournament. You guys hung up with them for a while, um, Coach. We'll start with you. Um, you guys dropped again, like I said, that game, eighty three fifty eight. Um, you ended up having to schedule a game to get yourself into the tournament. And then, you know, it's been such a wild year. Now that you've had a few days to kind of maybe reflect, and before we came on the air, you were talking already about looking at film. But now that you've had a couple of days to reflect um, about the season, um, how have you kind of started to put the the experiences that you guys went through as a team uh, into perspective? Yeah, it's a loaded question. I think every year is kind of the same. We, we talked about it with our team the abruptness at which the season comes to an end every year, regardless, is always kind of hits you like a truck. Um, I always try to honor our team and give them some time off. And and I think just give them a, a handful of days, uh, you know, this kind of went right into spring break. So just giving them the opportunity to go spend some time with family and, and, and not have basketball on their brain. I think it was, they earned that. I think it was needed. Um, we, we committed, uh, to a long road these last two years and stayed tight with each other and battled through a lot of things. And so how it usually goes every single year with me is I get a couple of days with my, my daughter and my wife, we're coaching staff. As I told you, we're already, uh, very much in the thick of, uh, film and what we can do to get better for this workouts and, and, over uh, the summer and coming back next year. But then right about today, I start to miss my team and I want to get back with them and I want to hang out with them. And Mace texted me this morning and basically said that like, Hey coach, trying to figure out this new world without you every day. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, like I'm trying to get to Monday and, and, and let everybody kind of have that, that break. But then the great thing about our team is we're excited to get back together. We're excited to figure out how we can be a better basketball team, but more than anything, just get around each other because we bring out the best version of each other. And you talk about getting to be a better basketball team. Obviously that's very much coach speak. You know, every coach wants their team to be a better team, but you guys are in a unique situation where you've got pretty much everybody returning next year. So how have you guys been able to really kind of build that chemistry kind of knowing that, Hey, next year, you know, we're, we're, in a good position to pick up right where we left off. Yeah, we've talked about it with our team. They've known that. It's not a secret. And I think what it allows us to do is 
uh, really lean into the fact that everybody's just got to get better. And, and it starts with us coaches, and we, we certainly feel like there's ways that we can get better and put them in better situations to be successful uh, on the court and off the court and serve them better and serve their needs better. And, and then also being able to look at their, in their eyes and say, hey, we're, we're not really concerned about recruiting over you. We're concerned about you being a better version of yourself in every way for our team. We feel like we have everything we need on this team. We've talked before in an alternate universe where everything kind of just doesn't go against us and injuries and everything. This year could have been a lot different. Um, and because of the caliber of young women we have on our team, we still pulled towards the end, made the playoffs and that's the, you know, the biggest box for us to check every year. And so it, it kind of simplifies things, right? We know what we have. We know that, that we can add a piece or two that can help, um, certainly. But we're banking on, on the commitment they're going to make to be a little bit better as we are as coaches. And so I think it, it gives us, you know, a level of consistency and excitement because we know what we have and what we can be. And we're hungry. And hopefully you guys don't run in next year to the types of cancellations and postponements and health and safety, you know, because sure. that, that obviously was uh, it, it kind of threw you guys off a little bit. Obviously, you don't play for necessarily a month and you didn't have fans at the special event center for a lot of that. Yeah. But you get fans back for obviously the PacWest conference tournament. And they started to make some noise. Sure. Yeah, I got I got a little bit of chills. Uh, I think it was at the end of the second quarter. You guys knocked down, you know, back-to-back -back yeah. threes there to close in on the deficit a little bit. Fans started to get loud. I saw a, a couple of the men's basketball players that were sitting down there first row, you know, sure. cheering you guys on. Um, what, what was it like to not only play in the conference tournament on your home floor? And, again, Coach, we'll start with you. We'll, we'll work to you, Brian Mason, in a second. But what's it like to – play on the home floor, you know, get the crowd back and kind of get the first sense of an atmosphere that we haven't really had in about two years at the Special Events Center. It felt so abnormal, which is weird because that is what normal should feel like. And so it was fantastic. I think that there is an excitement that, you know, we thought this year, I think everybody, the world thought this year that, that we were going to get back to some normalcy and it didn't quite work. And, you know, I don't know if we'll ever get back to the exact normal that we had before, but I think that looking into next year going, okay, that's what it should feel like, right? We, you want to play in front of your friends and your family. You want to have, like we talked about it after the game, those moments of us hitting those two threes in the second quarter and putting pressure on Azusa going into halftime that's what you'll remember in 10 years. Like that excitement though, that and one finish to tie the game on a comeback, the, the shot that forces overtime, all those things, those moments are great. And they're so much better when they're in front of fans. And so it was good to have that, that uh, very abnormal thing occur. And hopefully it'll be normal going forward. All right, Mason, you're nodding your head in agreement. You very much seem like a player who feeds off the energy of the fans, and you kind of give that energy back to the fans. If they're not in it, you know, you give them a let's go, and then everybody starts to get fired up. How are you feeding off of that crowd uh, in that game against Azusa Pacific? You know what's funny about that statement in particular is that I don't really feed off of the fans. No, I feed off of my girls. Yeah. That's, the, that's the crazy part is that I kind of black out in terms of – out in terms of the Hold on, sorry. We, we, little little mic issue. There we go. All right. <laughs> yeah, but what I was saying is that, you know, I don't necessarily feed off of the people watching, more so of my girls. Um, you know, everyone always asks me after the game, oh, did you hear me cheering for you? Did you hear me making these calls? And I, I literally say no. Like, I am hyper-focused on me and my team and what's in front of us and our goal. Um, and, yeah, I mean, as good it was, as it was to have fans back, I think with COVID I've gotten so – um, adjusted to it just being us and so yeah I'm, I'm kind of like glancing down in my arms and seeing the bruises and um, like just thinking about preseason like I'm not even like fully healed and I'm already thinking about next year and, and what I can do to get better all right, so Bree, uh, well, now we're going to have to play, you know, back and forth with the mic, but it, it, it's all good. You know, teamwork, you guys obviously good teammates. Um, so, Bree, you you kind of seem like a little bit more of a quiet leader. Mason, a little bit more outspoken. You you, you kind of, you know, you go out there on the floor and you get it done. And I think that uh, my, my partner Christian and I, we've said, you know, a lot of times we look at your stat sheet and it's, oh, that's a quiet 14 points, but it's still 14 points or, or you know, that's a quiet, you know, eight point you know seven rebound effort is that something that you kind of pride yourself on just kind of leading with your play on the floor 
Um, yeah, I think even growing up, I've always kind of just been like a lead by example. I've always been kind of like quieter since I was younger. So I think for me, just like giving it all I got while I'm on the court doesn't always have to be flashy. Like you say, that was a real quiet 14. Like it's about like going in and doing the hard work and boxing out and getting the rebounds and stuff like that. For me, I want to do the other stuff that maybe is not what everyone wants to do. It's not like all the shine and the glory, but it's it's what gets the job done at the end of the day. So I kind of pride myself on that, yeah. So y- you started to get hot relatively late in the season. I, I had to do the math, and for anybody that knows me, I'm not a big math guy, so the fact that I actually had to, you know, go in and, and you know, crunch some numbers here. And by my math, in the last seven games, you were averaging 9.8 points a game, four and a half rebounds per game. What got you clicking uh, those last uh, seven games of the regular season? You know, I think this season has been a lot of ups and downs for me, a lot of sit downs in coach's office and trying to figure things out and I think after like the last talk we had it was just like kind of okay like I'm ready and I'm gonna get this done like I'm gonna give you what you've been expecting from me and I feel like a lot of things just really started clicking with me it was kind of just telling myself like okay like I'm gonna do this like my team needs me like the time is now and I kind of just it clicked for me and I was ready to go. And and Mason, you also, you know, kind of did the same. You had three double-doubles in the last five games of the regular season. You had nine rebounds in the quarterfinal game uh, against Azusa Pacific. Um, What was it about this team that you guys – it seemed like you really started to, after all of the craziness that happened in, you know, December, January, it it seemed like you guys really started to play some of your best ball there down the stretch. Yeah, and two points there, you know, coach is always – told us that we want to play our best basketball in March for obvious reasons. Um, but a huge part of that is rhythm. And it's hard to get in, in a rhythm when games are canceled, rescheduled, flights are booked last minute, you get COVID, you roll an ankle. Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel like that's kind of been the epitome of this season is just um, rolling with the punches. Um, and that's that's something that we talked about a lot last year. And so, uh, again, rolling with the punches. And I think, um, you know, Bree and I both have, have kind of gone through those episodes of mm-hmm. – getting ourselves up, getting knocked down, but, you know, you know, get knocked down nine times, get up ten. So we're, we're ready for next season. All right, so I talked a little bit about, obviously, about the atmosphere that was there. I talked about the men's basketball team cheering you guys on. You guys were also out in full force cheering on the men's basketball team as well. I'm not sure if the two of you specifically were there. Obviously, you know, I kind of had a job to do. I had a headset on. <laughs> but I saw a bunch of the women's basketball team making some noise up there just to my left there during the men's basketball game. Uh, you know, you guys were letting them know how you how, how you were feeling. How much fun is that to be able to have that experience to not just be able to play, but also, you know, to be able to watch some of your friends out there on the floor as well yeah I mean I think Brie and I were actually in class at this point yeah, I, I was gonna yeah, say we I, were wasn't in class. Sure that I, I wasn't sure that I specifically saw you two yeah. there yeah but I do know that you know obviously a, a large yeah. part of your team was there it so. goes it goes student and then athlete so we unfortunately could mm. not make the game but I know our girls uh get a little rowdy as you can see our oh, bench they, <laughs> our bench when we're playing is is rowdy so I can imagine they were up there in the in the rafters doing their thing so I mean we're just basketball fans I mean I even went to a couple of the games after we were done just because I like to, I don't know, it's just the atmosphere. Yeah, and and I'll tell you what, even though you guys weren't there, the rest of your team, they oh, brought I'm it. Sure. Coach, coach they, sure they, they, they brought it. I know that obviously I've seen you a handful of times, you know, peeking your head in, watching the game that's going on before you guys. Uh, does that kind of help you it, it, pregame, you know, just kind of maybe settle in a little bit, you know, just going out there and kind of saying, okay, because I saw you, you, were, you, you actually watched quite a bit of the games. Uh, throughout the course of the tournament, what does that do for you as a coach to kind of maybe get yourself in a mindset, or, or is that just more you you want to watch some good basketball in the Pac West? Yeah, probably a little bit of both, right? Like I think we're all basketball junkies. You don't get to this level of college athletics and basketball and not just enjoy the game. Um, I always feel like I have something to learn, so just watching other coaches and how they go about their business and how they coach a game, I always you know take notes and and watch. You know, obviously supporting our men's teams easy to do. We're uh, our staffs work really well together and uh, you know you'll have AJ Kirby Kirby in here in a little bit and I 
I told him last time I saw him that I freaking love him just because, you know, how many years he's been here and my daughter knows him and just, you know, they have a bunch of really good guys. And so uh, it's just fun to, to get in the gym and watch any basketball. And, you know, these last two years being able to women, men's and women's haven't even been able to always stay after our game to watch theirs. And so it was fun to be able to do that. And I promise I'm going to ask CJ and I'm going to ask AJ the same question that I asked you guys. So don't think it's just one sided. I'm going to ask them about their Fresno Pacific women's basketball fandom as well, because, you know, obviously it's fun. Coach, um, I want to talk a little bit more. It it was fun for me this week um, being able to broadcast some of the games that Fresno Pacific wasn't playing in to kind of see the talent that the Pac West Conference has. uh, I mean, top to bottom. Obviously, they expanded the tournament from six teams to eight teams so we got to see a little bit more uh, you know of the competitiveness but uh, you know there's a whole lot of talent top to bottom in the conference do you see this year for you guys as uh, you know say a year that you can look back on and say okay let's improve on that yeah I mean every year right but our league has has been this competitive for a long time and we're only getting more and more competitive we have great coaches um, we, we probably have some teams joining our conference here in the next couple of years that are going to add uh, competitiveness right away. So uh, there's no easy nights. It's not one of those leagues where there's you know three or four teams at the bottom that, that, um, that you're just going to beat up on. There's not a night that you go into a game that if you don't execute your scouting report that the other team isn't going to be prepared to re- execute theirs. And so every team's got really good players. Um, the top of our, our league top of our conference is really, really solid, but really like we looked at this year, two through eight, two through nine, very similar. And so, uh, and it's like that every year. And so it, it's it's an absolute challenge to figure out ways to get better every year and, and find your flow every year. Uh, and, and we'll try to do it again next year. All right, so obviously I always say that I like to have fun here on the Sunbird Sound Off Live, so I'm going to make it a little bit fun here. Uh, I'm going to play a, a little bit, you know, maybe maybe kind of like a game show. Whoever the, the first one is to raise their hand and answer this question, then you'll get the first answer. But the other two also have to answer, and you can't use the same answer. Do, oh, nice. Does, like does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Everybody on the same page? Yes. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so I'm talking in in a game specifically. It could be one moment in a game. Yeah. It could be one game in and of itself. But what moment stands out for you as the highlight of the season and why? Ooh. And I know I'm putting you guys on the spot. I know, I, I know it's a tough question, yeah. uh, but I didn't let you guys know beforehand because I really wanted to watch you guys sweat a little bit, as you think. Okay. And, and for those of you, obviously, you can't see, the wheels are spinning right now in all three brains. I mean, we have got, we have got quite, the, uh, quite the thought process going. I was not expecting that this was... I think this I have was... two from the same game. I've though. got a couple. I could, I could say one. Why don't you guys well, whoever first? wants to go first, step up to the plate. Go ahead, Mace. I mean... Uh, it's hard to pick from just because like coach said there's so many small moments that you'll remember more than a specific game and I think um I think this one is probably a a top five for me but it was um Sada and she got into it with um another team and I've never seen Sada get fired up the way that she got fired up (laughs) but she was flexing and just she was a maniac it wasn't even a moment it was the entire game she was just she was an absolute just bull in a china shop and it was her flexing and her clapping and her energy and i that is forever gonna live in my brain did you rent free did you teach her any of that did you teach her the flex because that's kind of that kind of seems like a mason move it it definitely was a mason move but that was all her own that was all her own work and uh, yeah it it definitely was rent free for me she's a little ticked off she plays like this really great style and there's there's the slope of that so we have to figure out i got to figure out how to tick her off just enough before games for sure but we saw that side of sada this year and i I yeah all right brie what about you Coach could go first. I'm still thinking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead and think. Yeah. <coughs> now we're going to, yeah, yeah. I love it. I like it. You don't put coach on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I've got two from the same game, but they're the two of this. They're the same play. So I feel like that's, I'm cheating a, only a little bit though. No, 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 no. Uh, no. I'll allow it. Yeah. I, I'm the commissioner here yeah. in, in this, in this show. So uh, 
the the game where we was we were able to to get a win over Concordia was a was a, a big win for us just because we realized like hey that's one of the top teams in our league and we can beat them and so there was a turning point for us I think mentality wise that'll carry over for years. Um, in that game, it was back and forth, back and forth, and Jolene hit a huge three that I think gave everybody on our bench confidence like, oh, we can win this game, which she is the most fearless player. And I think if you're going to take one of those shots, um, Joe can do that. You know, you had mentioned earlier going into halftime against Azusa, she's the one who hit that one of those threes, her and Anissa, um, that gave us confidence. And then in that same game, end of the game, Rachel has, you know, has already been out for a stretch. Fella's exhausted playing, you know, everything she's got offensively and defensively. 36 seconds left. We're up one. What are we going to run? She gets the switch that she wants. She just kind of back and forth at the top of the key and just daggers a three. And I think that moment as well will live on with me of just the, you know, the guts that it took for both of them to, to hit those shots. It's funny. You mentioned uh, Jolene Corona's three, and this is something I've said on the broadcast too. The arc of her three-point shot could end the drought in the Central Valley. I mean, that thing darn near touches the rafters before it finds its way to the bottom of the net. And nine times out of ten, it doesn't even hit the rim. Yeah. Is that fun to watch? Is that something that she does in practice as well? The the crazy thing about Jolene is that, you know, she's, what, 5'2"? Yes. But let me tell you, that girl embodies, it's not about the size of the dog in the fight. It's about the size of the fight in the dog. And that girl... She doesn't care how tall you are, how big you are, where you came from, who your mama is. She will <laughs> hit it from wherever she wants to, when she wants to. And she does it, like Coach said, fearlessly. All right, so Bree, don't think that you're off the hook just yet because you still haven't answered the favorite memory <laughs> question. So uh, you got anything, just just one thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be a favorite, but looking back, you know, overall on the season, is there one moment that kind of stands out and say, you know, hey, that was really pretty cool? Well, I would say not to – toot Jolene's horn too much. Oh my gosh. But I was, this is a game I wasn't even playing in, but I was out for when they played Dominican with the, what do you guys call it? The great eight ball. Eight ball. ball. Yeah, they played with eight people. Joe has what, 26, 27, something like that? 30. So it's insane. She was just playing out of her mind. But I just remember, even aside from her, just watching Lydia just like limping up and down the court, like giving everyone all they had and like, just seeing like the fight that our team had, I think that really stood out to me. Like, apart from all the wins, all the yeah. losses, like how they just stuck together. And like, I literally did not sit down that whole game. <laughs> like, COVID and whatever, I was that fatigued, was exhausted. One. I was just everywhere. Like, I was like, wow, like they're going to win this game. Yeah. And then Joe yeah. keeps going and keeps going. And like, I think that part, like, that was that the was first cool. thing that came to my mind. When you, you know what the weird great. part about all of our answers is, is that it had nothing to do with like, seeming a pass or you know making a backdoor it was all like we had this much gas in the tank and we gave it everything we got and i think that like perfectly explains who we are as a team and who we are as a culture and so how excited are you guys as players to be able to return you know pretty much everybody when you come back to play next season like i said to to coach a little bit earlier in my question seems like you guys are in a perfect position to pick up right where you left off but obviously you got to work through the offseason what's kind of the mentality of the team you know knowing that you're going to get a lot of players back and you do have a chance to like i said pick up kind of where you left off yeah and the hard part about a season coming to an end is that you know a season is going to be starting and coming with off season is new opportunities to grow in places that you've been wanting to go through grow throughout the season um, and that's kind of the the tricky feeling about you know the loss against Azusa is like something was coming to an end but we have the opportunity to really look at ourselves in the mirror and say okay we've got x amount of months to accomplish something that we weren't able to do during the season and we're able to come back um and meet each other where we're at and be new individuals and be new hoopers. Mm. And I think that's an opportunity that everybody looks forward to regardless of the outcome. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I know, I know a lot of other, the, a lot of other of the girls have a to-do list for mm. the summer, including myself. And I, I feel like this year we all want to check off those boxes mm. before we come back. And something else on your to-do list is also track and field season. So, yes. uh, <laughs> you know, dual sport here. you got to love that coach. Bring it back over to you here uh, to you for the last question. And kind of the same question, um, what have you seen this year from this team that makes you excited for uh, what's to come next season? Uh, I know it's kind of a loaded question. Sorry, but. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot. It's like, you know, we're specific in how we recruit 
um, there's a lot of great people out there and there's a lot of great people even in Fresno. And if we recruited all of them, we'd have, you know, 50 new players every single year. So we have to be selective in, in what we what we want. But, you know, our biggest clause is we just want good people in our program and we want people that are chasing the best version of themselves on and off the court, but also are wanting to help their teammates chase the best version of themselves. And so when you when you think about what we went through this year with how uh, how many minutes we played freshmen and the growth, um, we're excited about what the future can be. But it, it just doesn't come without a lot of um, ownership in ways that we can all get better and a lot of growth. And I think that that's the thing I love about our team is that we're going to have some really good end of the year uh, postseason meetings with film and stats and all of the different things uh, with, with each each player individually. And they have the maturity to own where they need to get better. And they have the work ethic and the maturity to go do it in the off season. And so I think that there is confidence in what we have and what they can be next year, but it, it won't come without uh, a great deal of work and growth and um, I'm banking on it. I'm banking on them being those people this whole offseason um, and us coming back a better version of ourselves next year and, and continuing to seek the things that we want and make the playoffs again and um, work our way to the top of the conference as we've had as we've done in the past and, and continue to be a consistent team and a consistent force. All right. Well, uh, so you've been listening to Coach Tim Beauregard, Mason Ricks, Bree Hurt from Fresno Pacific Women's Basketball. Just want to say thank you thank to you. all of you guys for your <laughs> constant time. Again, none of you guys or none of you, this isn't your first time on the show. So obviously you, frequent flyers over here. <laughs> thank you guys for your time, Coach. Obviously after the game's coming up post game uh, it's been fun for me to kind of feel like i've been you know maybe a little bit of a part of this team <laughs> you, really you know I, I mean i don't want to overstep my bounds but it, it's nice to be able to get to talk yeah. to you guys and have you guys you know open up to me it's been so much fun and i'm i'm already looking forward to next yeah. year so thank you guys so much could we give absolutely. a shout out real quick oh absolutely uh, Go shout for out it. to a couple of our professors dr pam and dr marshall they're listening right now yeah uh, you guys are the goats and we love they you are awesome <laughs> How about that? You, you get a professor <laughs> shout out as well. You said your students too. Yeah. So yep. so you gotta love that. That's so awesome. We do it all here on the Sunbird Sound Off Live, Coach and, and both Bree and uh, and Mason. Thank you guys for your time. Coming up next, we're gonna talk men's basketball with Coach C.J. Haydock and A.J. Kirby when we come back here on the Sunbird Sound Off Live. Hello, I'm Joe Haydock, license number 02013076. My wife, Cynthia, and I own and operate Haydock Real Estate. Hi, I'm Cynthia Haydock, license number 01358518. Haydock Real Estate protects your interests by handling your transaction with competence and kindness. We invite you to call us at 559-392-5283 to learn how our thoughtful approach can help you sell or buy your next home. Call Haydock Real Estate today at 559-392-5283. Fresno Pacific Sunbird Basketball on 790 ESPN. Gets the bucket to go, and he'll head to the free throw line for the chance at the and one. When it's going right, it's really going right, and everything's going right. For the Listen season. to Sunbird Basketball all season long. Gets the bucket to go. Sunbird's by 30 with seven to play before the half. Young his man. dribble Take goes it, young off man. the glass and in, and it's really just all <laughs> Sunbirds here. Boy, this Sunbird team has come out on fire. On 790 ESPN. Sunbird Sound Off live on 790 ESPN. Welcome back here to the Sunbird Sound Off Live. Once again, thanks to Coach Beauregard, Bree Hurt, and Mason Ricks for coming into the studio here to recap the women's basketball side of things around Fresno Pacific. Now we're going to talk the men's basketball side. Coach C.J. Haydock, A.J. Kirby here joining us. And A.J., before I even get into any of the questions, um, out of all the guests that we've had on the show today, you're the only one that has yet to join us. So are you excited, and you got to talk into the mic, but are, are you excited to, to, to be on the show? Yes, I'm very excited. A little nervous, but I'm very excited to join you guys here on the show. Yeah, it, it should be a fun one. Um, Fresno Pacific coming off of a loss um, 
in the Pac West Conference Tournament. They played Academy of Art. It was a close game, a, a 63-57 victory, though, for Academy of Art. And, you know, uh, we'll go to Coach here. Obviously, March is March, and when teams get hot at the right time, hmm. you know, you got to look out. And obviously, Academy of Art, they got really hot um, at the right time. Um, you guys did have a lead at the half. Um, kind of talk us through a, a little bit uh, about that quarterfinal game and uh, what you saw from your team. Sure. I mean, I think, you know, uh, we that was the ninth time we played Academy in two years. And uh, so a team we were really familiar with, we had played them in our last regular season game on our floor and lost in overtime and kind of knew they were coming off when they played us on that senior night game. They were coming off a 20-point win over Biola, who's top three team in the league. We kind of knew they were peaking at the right time. Uh, we felt really solid. We got off to a good lead. We took them out of what they really wanted to do defensively in that first half. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as a coach, you got to be five layers deep in terms of what's next and how do we solve it. And uh, I thought it was a really good defensive performance from our team. Uh, we, we didn't have enough offense that night. Um, but credit to Academy, right? They're, they're playing in the NCAA tournament here this Friday. Um, they're PacWest champs for a reason. Um, I think we gave them as good a game as any of the other teams in our league in that tournament. And uh, not really the way we want to go out, but also, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think our whole season is defined by that game at the same time. Yeah, and, and so now, obviously, you've had a few days to kind of hopefully process, you know, not just the tournament itself, but the season as a whole. Um, when you've gone back and looked at it, um, or maybe you haven't looked at it. I don't know exactly what your strategy is. I'm assuming, that, but you know, but when you go back and think about this season as a whole, um, you know, what kind of stands out to you uh, about the performance of your squad? You know, I think coming off that ter- NCAA tournament run last year um, with some of the key pieces back and a veteran group, but also integrating new guys, I think like if we're being genuine about it, we'd like to portray a sense of confidence like, hey, we belong here and we're going to stay belonging here. Uh, this is who we are now as a, as a, as a program. We're going to compete every year. We're going to be a top five, top three team in the league. We're going to be in the mix for a postseason bid. We're going to be regionally ranked. That's cool to say, and it was cool to do once. Um, it's a testament to our seniors that we've established that that's who we are now. And our task in front of us is large to, to continue that. But I, I, I don't think there's any uh, claim to be made that, that our tournament run is a one-off, right? I think we're, we're probably two losses away from being an NCAA tournament team again. And so um, I think that's what stands out. This is one of the most mature groups I've ever coached by far. Uh, their steadiness, their emotional intelligence, their response to adversity. Um, despite the way it ended and us falling a little bit short of where we wanted to finish, I think by far – uh, one of the most accomplished groups in our program's history and, and a really like securing to see some of the things that we preached six years ago when we were recruiting AJ Kirby come to fruition and have staying power uh, just gives us a lot of confidence in the path we have to walk to stay there and honor our seniors. All right, AJ, so I'm going to get to you here in a second, and I'm going to ask you the same question. So you got a second to prepare, but Coach, we'll start with you. Um, what was it like, obviously, being able to play on your home floor for yeah. the conference tournament, but with everything that's gone on this season, no fans, limited yep. fans, a pass list, everything like that, yeah. uh, with the uh, attendance uh, restrictions uh, lifted, yep. it, it got pretty loud in there, especially down the stretch. What yep. was it like for the first time? in you know about two years to play in, in front of a, a pretty raucous crowd oh incredible I mean I think you know I've been I, I've been a, in this basketball community in Fresno for 17 years and connected to Fresno Pacific and I don't know that I've ever seen a crowd like that ever and for it to be at the tail end you know we really embraced the leadership side of we went first and returned to play in COVID and because of the rhythm of when COVID waves hit and the nature of being an indoor sport, we also had the hardest go in terms of being able to play in front of our families and friends. We hadn't played in front of a full crowd in two years. Not once did we play in front of a non-capacity limit. And so for it to culminate in that, obviously not the outcome we want, but uh, you know, one of our biggest supporters of our program is a guy named Donald Norman who works at Fresno Pacific. And he texts me the next day, a long text about, hey, like I know you're disappointed with how that game goes, but like people care. And that's, that's a testament to our community and all those things. So just an incredible environment. 
it was freaking loud in there. <laughs> it was great. I hope that's, you know, we have always been built with the idea that we would add value to our community and to our university and that we would bring our fans along with the ride for us, that we would enhance the normal student experience, that we would have boosters and donors and alumni that we would make proud. So to see that culminate is phenomenal and it's something that we want to continue. All right, AJ, as a player, what was it like for you? Obviously, you know, like Coach was saying, you've been here for six years, so you've you, you seen a little bit of everything <laughs> and then some, to say the least. Um, but what was like that like for you to, you know, close out y your final game and after everything that you guys have been through, especially these last two years with the COVID and everything like that, uh, and, you know, it wasn't the result that you wanted, but y you get to close it out in front of a really fun crowd that, that really brought the atmosphere. What was that like from uh, – how did you feel from a player's standpoint and then, you know, kind of as a team as well, how would you guys feed off of that? Uh, it was amazing. It was probably one of the – it was probably the biggest – it was the biggest crowd out of my six years here at FU that I've ever played in front of a, uh, me and the team. We just wanted to use the energy from the crowd and just, like, help us hype us up. And uh, some, it's something that we weren't used to because of, like, we were playing with uh, COVID and we had uh, restrictions on the fan limits and stuff. So, uh, so yeah, we just wanted to use the energy from the crowd to just bring us energy and give us uh, one shot. No, you're no, you're good. I, I don't know why you're shaking your head. So, so let's talk a little bit more about you. Obviously, like I said, you've been at Fresno Pacific for six years now. You're a graduate student. You've got a degree. Um, so, let's talk a little bit about you. Um, what have you enjoyed about being around this program um, for six years? I mean, it's not very often that someone in school is around a program for six years. You know, you're there for six. You get a graduate degree. Um, kind of what has your experience been like at Fresno Pacific? And, and why is it a, a place that you've wanted to hang around at for so long? It's amazing. It's like I adopted like a second family, like my teammates, coaches, staff, they're like brothers and family members to me. Uh, like we, the relationships we have are so amazing that I've just been blessed and been able to gain and have the opportunity to gain relationships with my teammates and coaches. And it's something that will uh, be with me for the rest of my life. And Fresno is like family, part of my family now. So how did you um, kind of take this experience? How, how did this experience here at Fresno Pacific kind of grow you into a leader? Because um, I know I've talked with, obviously, Coach about this uh, quite a bit. But, you know, being there for so long, you get tasked, you know, with so many different situations, not just COVID. Uh, but one thing, I, I, you know, you've got someone like Jelani Watson-Gale who, who comes into the mix as a graduate transfer. And how are you, you know, how are you able to welcome those guys? How do you kind of, you know, is it you that, that kind of leads the charge as far as the leadership goes and kind of keeps those guys together? Yeah, I'm more of a, a quiet guy, but I try to lead by example and just show them, like, what we've been doing these past, past six years and try to get them on track to what the team has been doing. And if they have any questions or anything, I'm here to, like, guide them and help them get on track with the team's vision. And, yeah, that's all right, so Coach, we'll swing it over to you. What's it like to have a guy like that on your team for six years who says, yeah, it doesn't matter what I need to do, you know, I'll, I'll take over and we'll get it done? Uh, we've been talking about it as a staff, like, for years. The thing that makes AJ so special is just his ability to just be whatever our team needs and not have any ego involved or, uh, you know, it's this unique confluence of selflessness and emotional intelligence and IQ and toughness that, you know, I've been doing this 17 years. I don't know that I've ever seen before. And so we've been talking for two years, like, man, you know, scoring, we got to replace, we got to find some guys that can do that. But, but how are we going to replace AJ Kirby? Uh, and, you know, I think he's deserving of being the winningest player in FPU NCAA history. Um, I think he's deserving of having seen the lowest of the lows as we tried to restart our program when he was a redshirt freshman, uh, getting bullied by our older knuckleheads and uh, <laughs> to walk and kind of become the grown man that our community can be proud of uh, to, to oversee the winningest two years in school history to, to check off a ton of nevers. Uh, that's about his stability. Um, that's about him and his crew that he was around. And, uh, you know, it's something I'm tremendously proud to have been able to learn and grow from. All right. So now I, I kind of want to ask you about the conference. I, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but three teams 
in the NCAA tournament on the Pac West side of things. Um, going obviously after this season, going into next season, uh, where do you guys see yourself kind of fitting into that? You know, the Pac West. You know, near, I don't want to put you in too big of a spot, but you know, you know, where do you see yourself uh, after this year, looking ahead to next? Yeah, I mean, we return four of our five leading scorers. Uh, I think we have seven rotation guys that play consistently, consistent minutes coming back. Um, we have a redshirt freshman who, who redshirted this year in Seth Morantos that we're really excited about, who just frankly was behind two all-league guards, and so we decided to preserve a year instead of wasting him in, in some limited minutes. Uh, we've got three freshmen incoming that we're pretty excited about, and we've got room to add you know, three, four more guys. And so uh, we've got a lot to replace. When you talk about our seniors, when you talk about Garrett Cook and Sean Nealon Lino and A.J. Kirby and Alex Ferguson and John Watson Gale, that's a lot of intelligence. That's a lot of maturity. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of toughness. And so uh, we've got our work cut out for us, but we're also tremendously excited. We've, we've got guys. We still have veterans in our program. And, you know, the way college basketball should work is momentum builds upon itself, right? We feel like we took the momentum of last year, and that's a robust term that can mean a lot of things, right? We turned it into some recruiting success. We returned it to some continuity on the floor. We turned it into some of that. And so, you know, the challenge in front of us as, as a staff is, can we do that again? Can we turn it into recruiting success? Can we turn it into trust and toughness success? Can we turn that experience into value next year when, when games are won at the end? Uh, we'll find out. But, you know, theoretically, the momentum we have in our program, if we do our jobs and we continue to walk that path with, with integrity and focus and faithfulness, uh, I think we can honor the groups, the two groups that we've graduated last year and continue to be a top five team in the, in the, in the conference to be regionally ranked, to be a team that contends for postseason. Uh, we built this thing with the intention to stick around for a while. And uh, now it's on us to walk that in a big spring and summer. So camaraderie isn't necessarily something that's just within your team. It can be within a school too, as well. For sure. And um, I saw it was something really funny. Uh, my partner Christian, obviously, he pointed this out during the women's basketball quarterfinal game that uh, there were a handful of players from the men's basketball team who were sitting there in the first row, you know, getting loud, cheering them on. And I believe it was Sean Nealon Lino. Um, he, of course, I, you, you could have put a jersey on him, and it, it would have seemed like he was ready to get in the game. I mean, he was cheering just as much as he does when you guys are out there on the floor playing your game. What's it like kind of being able to root on the women's basketball team? Coach, we'll start with you and then we'll go over to you, AJ. But what's it like kind of having that that sort of relationship between the two programs where they come out and they were making a lot of noise for you guys too up there yep. during the game. They were just up to my left up there next to the bird's nest, as Christian likes to call it. But they were yeah. making a whole lot of noise for you guys. And then you guys are making some noise from them. How much fun is that to, to have that yeah. relationship between programs? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, the, you know, one of the beauties of a small Christian university is that we do community really well. We tell everybody who comes on campus, like, and that's not just athletics, that's our faculty, that's our staff, that's everybody. But, you know, with us, like, especially with the women's basketball program, we travel quite frequently together. I share an office wall, so there's no secrets between me and Coach Beauregard. <laughs> there's a raucous environment. Uh, there's just a wonderful working relationship that exists there that trickles down, I think, to our players in terms of we share a space, the level of respect. We have similar cultures in the way we've built, the way we're relational and all those things. And, uh, you know, I, I watched firsthand them navigate a series of challenges outside of basketball, mainly COVID-related this year, that no team should ever have to walk. And, uh, you know, we're going to show up and support them because of our relationship with them regardless. Uh, but walking the, watching them walk that, the injuries and the way their season was disrupted uh, was a level of respect that like, hey, yeah, I'm showing up. And, you know, uh, if I didn't have a dad bod, I probably would have been shirtless and chest painted <laughs> and all those things. Spend some time in the weight room so I can honor that. Like, you've you got to honor and respect their season. Um, I think that's the joy of being at Fresno Pacific and, and specific to the men's and women's basketball connection for sure. All right, AJ. So again, like I said, same same question to you. What's it like to have that relationship, you know, with the women's basketball team? What, what's it like having them cheer you on and then obviously going out there and being able to cheer them on as well? Uh, it's nice. Uh, like you said, we developed a relationship with them. We see them every day. They practice before or after us. We have class with them. So they are our friends. They are our family too. So it was uh, it was a fun opportunity to be able to go out and support them. And then, like you said, like we couldn't, fans weren't allowed to go to the games the past two years. So 
it was good to actually be a fan and cheer with my friends front row and support my team and this show school spirit yeah it was amazing you know i can't tell you how hard it was for me obviously i got the privilege to <laughs> yes. be in the arena as you guys are playing the games but i still have a job to do and it was so hard for me not to want to like jump out of my seat and you know throw the headset off and you know dp throws down a dunk and i'm trying not to lose my mind you know up there <laughs> as too. i'm as i'm broadcasting the game um but no, so um, talk a little bit um, more, uh, AJ, uh, you know, just about your relationship here um, with Coach Haydock. Obviously, you've been here for a while. This is going to be the first time that he's coaching a Fresno Pacific team without you on the roster coming up next season. What's it been like working with him? It's been amazing. He's probably the most caring person besides my parents who I, who I met and like Shows so much love. He's always serving, asking what I need, if everything's okay, am I all right? Do I need anything? He just wants to make sure that I'm doing good, and he wants he has our best, my best interests and our teammates' best interests, and that's all. He just wants the best for us. Yeah, and I can see that obviously throughout the interaction that he has with you know with all of his players. It's so much fun. So I I always say, and I I did the same thing with the women's with the women's team as well. So you guys aren't the first, but I always say I like to have fun here on Sunbird Sound Off Live. So I want to have a little bit of fun. Um, I've got a question, and I'm going to treat this kind of like a game show. Whoever the first person Ooh. that wants to answer the question is, go ahead and answer this question. The second person does still have to answer the question, but they cannot give the same answer that the first person gave. Do we get a buzzer? No, you you can hit the slap table. Slap the table? You yeah, can good. slap okay, the good. table. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. So so get ready. The, the question is, and this is uh, – what in-game moment? So it could be one specific moment. It could be a game. But one, what moment in a game really stands out as your favorite moment of the season? You look back at the season, and there's one moment that you stand out and say, hey, that's the moment. That is like the moment that I think of when I think of the 2021-2022 Sunbirds coaches in first. I'm slapping that table. Can I have two? No, yes, that's, not, no, that's no, not fair to AJ. Oh, okay, yeah, you can get yeah, one. Yeah, I'll get one. We'll, we'll go back to you after yeah, AJ I think gets my his. second one might be his, so I'll choose the other one. Uh, so early in the season, we were, I forget if we were 4-0 and or 5-0. and And as a coach, right, like you, you always think in terms of like extreme. So like, you know, 10 days before we started, I was like, man, we, we might not win a game this year. We're horrendous. <laughs> And uh, that's that's just how you think. And so we win those first four or five games. I think it was four. And we were playing Cal State Dominguez Hills uh, at Holy Names in a crossover tournament. Had some buzz, receiving votes in the regional rankings. Kind of like, I think we're pretty good. Dominguez was, had a really good year and was was uh, had lost a couple tough games, but was pretty highly ranked. And uh, back and forth game, really tight. And Jelani, Watson, Gale hits a hits an end of shot clock ridiculous three as he's apt to do uh to put it to five i think with like 47 seconds lay left and it was literally the moment that it crystallized where where i was like oh yeah we're we're good we're a good basketball team like we're gonna be in the mix we're gonna be competitive with everybody it was that moment where i knew oh yeah this we're gonna have a year we're gonna enjoy this run um and we're legit so that's mine that's my first one, at least. All right, AJ, I can I can see the wheels spinning <laughs> over there. You're, you're, you're going through, it seems like, a multitude of different ones. You can have another one, too. You just got to come up with one first, and then we can throw it back to Coach. It's hard to pick one out. It was an amazing year, so many memories. But I would have to say uh, beating Azusa on our home floor by one point, that was probably the the best moment of the year for me this, this season, yeah. And why 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 is that? I mean, obviously, I know I followed you guys, but you know, for those for those, why was beating Azusa Pacific so big for you, especially in particular? Why is that the one thing that stands out? Uh, it's a big game. Uh, they're one of the best teams in the conference, and we lost to them on the road earlier in the year. So we just wanted to come out and just uh, redeem ourselves and just make a name, like like you said. Uh, 
like we wanted to show that we uh, belong in the top of the conference and you can only do that by being in top teams in the conference so that was a big one for us yeah that was a fun one to call i, I mean and and coach you're you're, you're giving me the nod what that was, was, was that one. your yeah, second yeah. one yeah that was my other one yeah no question uh, so. wow it's almost like you guys have been uh, really close <laughs> for six years you know you're on the same page and we've seen some things yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well obviously congratulations on you know a great season and and a great career here at Fresno Pacific, AJ. It's been so much fun to to, to, to watch you play. Best of luck in everything that you guys do, uh, or best of luck in everything that you do going forward. And obviously, Coach, yeah, you, you guys both need to take a little bit of time and decompress. Uh, what a season it was. Uh, but you guys made it through, so congratulations. And thank you, as always, for your time all season long. It's been so much fun to talk to you, not only Coach, but also with you know a, a bunch of players as well. So thank you guys for your time. Yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. All right, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and wrap things up here on the Sunbird Sound Off Live. At Alpha Graphics Fresno, the success of your business is your biggest priority, and ours as well. Alpha Graphics Fresno is a locally owned creative company offering custom print, design, signs, and marketing solutions. Almost anything that's awesome. We truly care about product quality, customer satisfaction, and establishing long-term partnerships with our clients. Visit us at 3950 North Chestnut Diagonal, Suite 107, or give us a call today at 559-476-2900. Connect with Alpha Graphics and be awesome. If you belong to a Mennonite brethren, Mennonite, brethren in Christ, or other Anabaptist church and are looking for home or auto insurance, look no further than Mennonite Insurance. We insure our members' homes, churches, and our commitment is to provide you with competitively priced superior insurance products with the highest quality service. Instant, no obligation homeowner's estimate is available to you in 15 seconds at MennoniteInsurance.com. The Birds on 790 ESPN. Welcome back here to the Sunbird Sound Off Live. Just to wrap things up really quickly, take a quick look ahead at what is going on around Fresno Pacific Athletics coming up this week. Not a whole lot. We've got baseball starting on the 18th. That'll be on the 18th and the 19th. They'll be at FPU Diamond. Tennis and water polo will also be in action on the 19th as well. So yeah, everybody kind of gets to take a little bit of a quick breather after the PacWest Conference basketball tournament. Everybody around FPU was busy. It, it was so much fun to be at. If you, if you didn't get a chance to go out there and, and catch a couple of games at the conference tournament, boy, it was fun to watch it. And I'd encourage you to come out to FPU. It doesn't matter the sport. Again, like I said, baseball back in action at FPU Diamond on the 15th. Then again, that's outside, no capacity limits, no nothing like that. So come out and watch Fresno Pacific Baseball, really good team. Uh, they've been on the road for a while, coming off the Hawaii road trip. They'll be back. Uh, once again, thank you to our guests here in studio today, Coach Beauregard, Bree Hurt, and Mason Ricks of Fresno Pacific Women's Basketball. And then you just heard from Coach Haydock and A.J. Kirby of Fresno Pacific Men's Basketball. And it might be the last time that we talk to them this season. And I know I told them this, but thank you to everybody here, uh, you know, for their time coming on the show. It's been so much fun to get to talk to them, get the behind the scenes. And again, like I said, we're not done yet. Next week, 5 p.m. Sunbird Sound Off Live continues for everything on all of the insider for FPU athletics. Like I said, baseball in full swing. Tennis is going. We got water polo. So still plenty of action, even though baseball season is done. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Sunbird Sound Off Live. We'll see you same time, same place next week.